For one weekend, the entire universe lost power, and the majority didn't even know it. Imagine that. Being in total darkness and not knowing it, simply because you chose to be blind to the light. And then, when power was restored, you still chose not to plug in. That's the Easter weekend in a nutshell, isn't it? The creator of the world, the power source that made all of this happen, was cut off, disconnected. How different is it today when we make choices that cut us off from the life-giving source, that's Jesus? Do we recognize that disconnect? How can we? When the devil has deceptively good alternate power sources, that's why it's easy for people to give up a commandment, forget or modify the law, and move away from God. We've become so used to the virtual, the alternate, that it's, it's difficult for us to recognize the real, the real power that sustains not just us, but all of creation. I'm Andrew Campbell, and this is Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome to another episode of Sabbath School University. I have three guests here with us, and I'm going to invite you to introduce yourselves to us. Um, I want you to give me your name and what you're studying, and tell me a little bit about where you're from. Okay. Uh, my name is Ashish Masapam. Uh, I'm a second-year physical therapy student okay. here, and I was born in India. Cool. I uh, grew up in Maryland since I was two. All right. So. All right. Cool. <laughs> Well, I'm Kim Green, and I'm also a second-year physical therapy student. I was born in Montgomery, Alabama, but I never lived there. Okay. And I was raised for most of my life in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Yeah. All right. My name is Michael Kindom, and I'm from Southern California. Right. And my parents are originally from Philippines. But uh, right now, I'm in Michigan, <laughs> and I am taking a Master's of Divinity major in seminary. All right. Very nice. Before we get into the lesson, Kim, I'm going to invite you to read the key text and then pray for us. Sure. Our key text comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and it says, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Jesus Christ. Um, would everyone just bow their heads? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us here today as we explore the lesson that talks about you being our sustainer and our provider, Lord. Just help us to really open ourselves up to receive it and share something with the people who are watching. In your son's name we pray, amen. 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 So, as you said, basically, mm -hmm. um, our lesson this week is about Jesus, the provider and sustainer. Um, when do you find it hard to depend on God's promises and why do you feel that it, that is so? I think it's hard to depend on God's promises because I don't know for myself when I think about depending on someone mm -hmm. I pull from my own experiences maybe from family or close friends and for whatever reason 
other people can't always be there for you, even if they want to. Mm -hmm. So I think we take our relationship with people and then we translate that over to God and we always say, well, I haven't ever been able to depend on this person or mm -hmm. I have to depend on myself or I have to do this, I have to work hard. Mm -hmm. So we're not used to looking to someone, you know, everyone tells you be independent, work hard, you yeah. know, you have to get places that way. So it's almost like you have to almost switch your whole mentality around to say, hmm, I can depend on God, you know? It, yeah. I think it's difficult and for me it's hard, yeah. you know, because I'm used to trying to do things on my own. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with, with Kim because for me, like we live in a really impersonal society. Mm. It's a very independent society. You know, we walk, I, walk, I might see you across the street and be like, hey, what's going on, Andrew? Mm -hmm. But I don't really care. It's just something I say. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not interested in if, say, you're having a bad day. That's terrible. Are you gonna really tell me? Break down in front of me and tell me? Oh, I'm not really doing yeah. so good. Yeah. You just say, oh, I'm good. And if I were to do that, then it might be like, well, you know, I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that, but you know, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and um, so we tend to rely on ourselves a lot yeah. because of that. You know, um, uh, when I saw this question, um, one of the things that came to mind is, yes, we do have a tendency to trust in ourselves, but also at the same time, how I kind of see it is, I, I can be a very emotional person. You know, um, I like music and all those things. So mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, a very emotional type of person. That right brain. Mean that if you like music, you're very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's that's true. That's true. But I'll, I'll tell you this though. Um, you know. Uh, very oftentimes it's very easy, at least speaking for myself, to depend on my emotions, okay. you know, rather than the truth, you know, of God's word or God's promises. And I don't think that uh, emotions or feelings are always unmerited mm. because, you know, the Bible says there's a time for everything. You know, there's a time to be happy and to be sad and, and all those things. And I think that's okay. But I think within our emotions and our feelings, we have to never lose hold of depending on the truth of God's Word. Yeah. You know, that I might not be feeling very encouraged right now, but, you know, in spite of that, I choose to stand on God's Word, and I think that's the challenge. Yeah. How much of this difficulty um, that we find, in, this difficulty of depending on God comes from a fear of being let down? I think that's the bulk of it because even when you learn about God and you learn, you start reading the Bible and it talks about, you know, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And just, mm -hmm. there's so many promises in the Bible, but then you look at your life and you still feel like things don't always work out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. maybe I don't have the money for what I want, or I don't get to do the things that I want to do. So it's almost like a conflict because mm -hmm. you're like, well, my life isn't perfect and I still feel let down. And then I'm reading in the Bible, you know, that I can always count on you and you won't leave me. And it doesn't, you mm -hmm. know, say anything about that. Sometimes I do feel alone. Yeah. So I don't know if going back to what you said, if it's mm -hmm. just my emotions or is it, you know, the truth? I, I have a hard time with that, yeah. I feel like. And I know for me personally, I don't think that I ever doubt that God is able mm -hmm. to do right. what he says he will or, or, right. or, or what the... Bible promises that he, he can do. I don't, I don't think I ever doubt that he's able to do it. I doubt whether he actually will do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I God, I know you can, but will you? Mm -hmm. and that's, and right. that's a different question. And you know, when I, 
when I think like that, sometimes I think back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. you know, being threatened uh, with death in the fire, you know, and they say basically, hey, you know, our God is able to deliver us, but even if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. We're still going to put our trust in Him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a powerful statement to mm -hmm. make, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Kim, let's move on a, a, okay. a little more. Why do we find dependence on others so distasteful? And how can this atti attitude affect our ability to trust in God? Um, I think we find dependence so distasteful. I guess in our society, you're taught from an early age, be independent, study hard, work hard. These are the steps to success, you mm -hmm. know? And then when you look at dependency, it's almost like, you're looking, you're thinking about people who maybe depend on the government or depending mm -hmm. on, you know, family members, people who never move out of their mom's house. You know, <laughs> you start to think of people like that and you almost look down on it. Like, wait, why aren't you fending for yourself? Why aren't okay. you working hard? So maybe just the way that we grow up here, yeah. you know? And as humans, I think it's very hard to give up control for something and say, God, take it. Sometimes we may say that, God, I, I want to put this into your hand, but here, let me help you out. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know, for me, I, I find myself doing that a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Saying, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll give it to you, but this yeah. is what I want. Let me yeah. try to orchestrate it for yeah, you. Yeah. God, you know, I need help, but this is how I want you to help. Yeah. Me. Right. So this is what you need to do first, second, and, you know, yeah. and when God doesn't do it that way, it's like, oh, you yeah. didn't help me. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much of it is basically dependence being seen as the equivalent of weakness? Mm. You know, mm. you think about anyone who has to be dependent, it's, it just seems like they're dependent because they are somehow weaker, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the one they're depending on is, is stronger, you know, and we, we don't want to be seen as weak. That's mm. a very good point, yeah. and I think that that's something that we struggle with as humans. But I think um, if you look at the Bible, in Paul's writings, Paul says that you have to be weak mm. to be strong. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's only when you're weak. It's not in your strength that you're right. strong, but yeah. it's in your weakness that you're strong. That's right. Because when you're weak, you're depending on... On Jesus. Yeah. I think the hard part is giving up the control to God because... I say in my own experience, sometimes I'm afraid of God's will because I'm like, wait, <laughs> <be like>, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm like, I'm sticking to what I want uh -huh. instead of really giving it up and saying, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm yeah. just going to go with what God wants and what he says. You know, we just cling to these are my plans. This mm -hmm. is what I want to do. And giving up control is so hard. So I think that part of dependence, you yeah. know, Weak yeah. or not, it's difficult. Uh -huh. And it, go ahead. Well, um, I was going to say was here in America, especially well, at least in the Western world. I'm not too sure about other parts of the world, but I know in the Western world, um, you know, you got to be independent. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's a huge thing here. You know, in America, be independent and being someone who was born and raised in this country, you know, that is just a huge focus. You know, it's not um, a positive thing to be depending on somebody else. Yeah. You know, they say you gotta take care of yourself. That's what you hear people say always, take care of yourself. That's right. And um, so I think that culturally, 
you know, and philosophically, those things just get, you know, very ingrained into us. So when we come into church, when we come into the religious side of things, it's very easy for us to take our cultural mindsets into our spiritual or religious experience. Mm. And I think that um, we have to have some kind of a, a divorce between the two. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So now, what, what role does Jesus have in the, you know, ongoing existence of the universe? Well, being coming from a science background, okay. you know, um, you learn about how the universe in the popular science um, theories out there. Now you learn about how the universe is pretty much self-sustaining. Um, okay. It just goes on about itself. There's no order to it. But coming from a Christian um, mindset and background, you know, Ellen White writes that God doesn't exist in within the confines of creation or science. Mm -hmm. He exists outside of that. And he, he sustains everything. Every, he puts everything into motion. He sets up everything. And the Bible says God sets up kingdoms. He sets up rulers. That's right. You know, everything happens because God has allowed it to happen. Okay. God's not some impersonal being that yeah. says, okay, go ahead, go about your business. <laughs> no, he cares about us and he wants to have a, a say in what, what happens in our lives. So. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, what do, you, what do you think about, you know, when you think about the, the world and, you know, the planets in their orbits and everything just functioning perfectly? Mm -hmm. Do you see a role for Jesus in all of that? I mean, when you think about it, do you, or does it just seem like it's naturally... I, I don't have any Ellen White quotes. <laughs> but when I think about God's role in our lives, mm -hmm. I just think about it from what I've seen in the Bible. and. There have been so many instances in the Bible when um, prophets or regular people have been praying and they hear a response from God. And it, I always feel like it says, um, I've heard your cries. You know, I've seen your tears from heaven and I'm going to I'm going to change your situation and mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, do a work in you or I'm going to change your situation. So I look at God's involvement as a personal you know, as a personal thing, not like I know that he, you know, controls the orbitings of the universe and the planets and everything. But I just like when he speaks to individuals in the Bible and he talks about how he, he sees your tears and mm -hmm. he sees you crying and he feels you emotionally. And I think that is what speaks to me the most. And it's it's important because just like you, I'm an emotional person. So for God to look at me out of all the other people in the world and he sees me crying and he understands what I'm going through and he wants to be involved in my personal situation. Mm. So I see God as his ongoing existence in the universe in that way, like as it relates to me and to you as a person, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Now, um, when we talk about Jesus and our, our God, you know, being the creator and sustainer of the universe. Um, sometimes it can seem like everything is, you know, predetermined, like everything that happens happens because God wanted it to happen that way. Mm -hmm. How does, you know, free will or free choice now come into that picture? Into a grand scheme where God is the creator and, and you know, um, and sustainer. Mm -hmm. How does free will work into that? I think that's always a paradox. You know, that has always been a paradox in Christianity. You know, I mean, there's several, you know, uh, kinds of paradox, you know, in Christianity. 
and uh, one of them is exactly this, you know, between predestination and free will, mm -hmm. you know, and you have even churches that, you know, basically draw the line, you know, some are more this way than another's, and a lot of times you can even gauge what kind of a church it is just based on, you know, how they see, mm -hmm. you know, prede uh, predestination and, and free will. Um, now, for me, you know, from my perspective, you know, I see that God is all about, you know, free choice and free will, you know, in our lives. I mean, that's very clear. He says, you know, choose you this day who you will serve, okay. you know, and, um, you know, whosoever believeth in Him, okay. you know, should not perish. So, you know, there is definitely that, you know, free choice uh, in, in God's Word. But at the same time, you know, we also see that, you know, nothing ever happens in our lives by mistake mm. at the same time. Um, you know, there's always a reason for everything. We hear these all the time in church, you know, our parents say it, our friends say it, but uh, it, it really is true. You know, it, you know, God notices everything as Kim says, um, but at the same time, um, you know, He sometimes allows things to happen. Mm. And even in the book of Job, you know, all those things that happened to Job, you know, the devil did it. Yeah. The yes. devil did all those things. And God never even clarifies that in the end of the book. He never clarifies that. He, uh, he takes that responsibility on himself, even though he never did those things, mm -hmm. so that his focus will always be on God mm. and no one else. I love that aspect about about God just giving us the free will and the free choice like he's not a taskmaster that says this is my way and you have to do it he says if you love me keep my commandments mm -hmm. you know and that to me is just a amazing attribute that I see in God yeah yeah now okay when we when we look at scripture we see that the fall of Adam and Eve has severely impacted all of us you know that that follow um, because you know the Bible says that we've fallen and um, that we are fa falling short of the glory of God um, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God that's that's the text that I'm trying to remember here um, so anyhow <laughs> what we see in Scripture is that we've been affected by this and so now we're not just somehow neutral and and we don't just um, get to you know enter into the grand picture of, of life and, and say, okay, I want to choose God or I want to choose um, evil. It, somehow we're already biased towards evil. Mm. How does God work around that, you know, that we're bent towards evil? How, how does He, what's His solution for that? I think that's a miracle mm. in and of itself, the very fact that we have the ability to choose. Uh -huh. You know, because right from the very get-go, from the beginning, from the fall of Adam and Eve, you know, um, if God did not step in and said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Mm. In other words, within humanity, even for an unconverted person, even, even a non-religious, non-spiritual person, mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe that the majority of us can agree that there is a sense of right and wrong yeah. in this world, you know, uh, you know, whether we like that or not. So, you know, the very fact that we have the ability to be able to discern that, even to choose that, is a miracle because without without the Holy Spirit, without God, yeah. you know, we, I like the Christian um, uh, terminology, you know, total depravity. 
Okay. You know, we have, there is nothing good in us. We, we are totally bent mm -hmm. towards sin. We're totally bent toward unbelief. Yeah. You know, and without some kind of miracle, God giving us that ability to choose back again. Yeah. You know, He gives, He restores that freedom of choice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in Christian thought, they, they refer to that giving of choice as, you know, God's prevenient grace, His mm -hmm. grace that actually, you know, reaches out to us as totally depraved, you know, totally sinful people and gives us the, the ability to choose him. Yes. Yeah. Because, yes. you know, Romans 2 basically says that even repentance in and of itself yes. is a gift from a God. Gift. Yeah. Yes. You know, we can't, we can't repent on our own. Mm -hmm. That's something that comes from God. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, it's God's doing and God's working the entire way through. Yes. So even the ability to choose Him is, is a gift from Him. I think that's the entire job of the Holy Spirit because, mm. like Michael was saying, when we come here, we're naturally evil and all of our inclinations pull to that. But I think it's the Holy Spirit that begins working on our heart and, you know, as my mom would call it, the still small voice <laughs> that you have to listen to. You know, he begins to tell us, you know, this is wrong. Why would you do that? And you feel something mm -hmm. when you do something wrong. Without that, I don't know, you know, I don't know where we would be. I don't think we would be able to, you know, even have any type of thought towards good or have any remorse for doing mm -hmm. evil, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, like you said, it is a blessing that God left the Holy Spirit to dwell with us, you know, yeah. to try and convict us of sin and bring us closer and back to a relationship with God, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yes. And when you look at, you know, God's ongoing sustenance, God's ongoing interaction with us, His creation, with all of His universe, um, how do you how do you see his will and his purpose reflected in all of that? I see. I mean, if you look in, I think it's it's Colossians one. Okay. Um, he, that's where, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that um, it says that God sets up kingdoms. He okay, sets yes. up um, rulers. Rulers. Everything happens. He holds everything together. You know and. To me, that shows that shows um, God's will and His purpose. His, God's purpose is to save us all, yeah. right? And it shows uh, that God has an interest in our lives. He's mm -hmm. not He's not out to just you know let us go. That He's constantly calling us, come, come, come to me. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Come back to me. And I don't. That's that's how I see how I see that. Yeah. And so we see a God that has basically put his life on the line, you know, given his life for us, uh, created, you know, an opportunity for us to be able to choose him again, you know, because we didn't have that choice and he, and he gives us that opportunity to choose and he's, you know, orchestrating everything um, so that we will have this choice, but yet he leaves that final choice up to us. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm not going to force you to choose me, but I've done everything to make it possible. For you to, to choose. Now, I, I just wanted to go quickly to to two um, ways of picturing, you know, God's creation. Now, you can picture it as, you know, a musical instrument, or you could picture it as a machine. And our lesson basically says that picturing God's creation as a musical instrument is more accurate than picturing it as a machine. Um, what do you think about that? What, do you think that's true? Do you think it's more accurate? I think when I read that question, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> um, 
I, and uh, I guess that's because uh, I kind of need some of those words to be unpacked for me. Okay. In a way, because. Well, I guess yeah. when you when you think about creating a machine, yeah, you think about as something that's capable of running on its own, and and it can it, it can function by itself because mm. it's a, a machine. Mm -hmm. You just hit the go button or, or the on button, and it and it works just fine by itself. But when you thought when you're talking about a musical instrument, mm. you you <laughs> right, it's a right. creation, yeah. <laughs> but in order for it to function properly, you need someone who knows how to play mm -hmm. it, someone okay. who knows how to operate it. Okay. And I think that's the the difference that it's you know trying to highlight there. So I mean, now that we unpack that a little bit, what do you think about that? They should have just asked the question. <laughs> 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 they should have had you on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what do you think about that? You know, God being, you know, more involved versus God that, you know, makes everything so perfect that it can just function on its own. He doesn't have to even trouble it. You know, um, actually, I think there was a, uh, an actual DVD about this by Rob Bell, you know, where he talks about, you know, life and all of existence being like some type of a music, mm -hmm. like God being some type of a music. Um, I, or yeah. I don't know yeah. exact. I can see how God can orchestrate in the sense that He either intentionally does things or allows things to happen, and then He takes responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I remember in that uh, one DVD by Rob Bell that you know God is some type of a music, and where when our music, the music of our lives, is in harmony with His music, we mm -hmm. become in harmony with the rest of the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that was. Uh, kind of interesting. I don't know if that's fully yeah. related to this, but sure, sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, while we might not agree with everything that sure. every theologian says, you know, yes. there's definitely some things that we can relate to and can help sure. the way that we understand God. Sure. Definitely. Sure, sure. Now, you know, I had a great time discussing the lesson with you. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. So, uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you also for joining us here on the show. You can start a discussion on our Facebook page or you can write to us at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool, the letter U, dot O-R-G. Bible study is life energizing. It's for both the head and for the heart. And may yours grow in God's spirit and truth. I'm Andrew Campbell and we'll see you next time on Sabbath School University.